0: This morning, and say it's exciting to be here. Very exciting to be here. Turn to somebody else and say, Very exciting to be here. Yes, it is. It's not just a cliche, it's reality. No better place than in God's presence and in God's house. You know, I, I love the presence of God, and I love the people of God. And uh, you are. His new creation, the Bible tells us. When we come to Jesus, we're born again. We have a second birth. And uh, it's, it's good to be born the first time and see the physical, real world. But it's even better to be born again and to see the spiritual world and see the great things that God has done and how great God is And this morning, if you're here and you haven't been born again, you'll have an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life and be born again and have new life in Christ and maximize your living and maximize your life so that life will be the very, very best and all that God intended it to be when He created you. God created you with a great plan, great purpose, and uh, and you can discover that his will and his plan and his purpose in his house this morning more and more as you hear and believe and you grow. It's always a joy and an honor to be here. I, I just, uh, I feel so privileged. Both Santa and I feel so privileged to uh, be here at Thrive again and again and again. And again, and uh, we just we just enjoy you so much. We enjoy what's happening here, and uh, we just uh, are so encouraged to see the numerical and spiritual growth that is taking place here. Uh, I know you have small groups during the week, different times and uh, those i'm sure are exciting because you get to know one another as you are growing to get to know god and uh, i know as a as a church body you've been going through scripture and reading the bible over over this last year together and uh, I, i i try to listen to pastor jb's preaching as often as i can and sort of catch up on what's going on here and it's so exciting to see how you are stepping forward, how you are growing. And uh, I, I am really excited that you are starting into two services. Turn to somebody and say, that's exciting. That is exciting. Wow. I tell you, I hope we could be here before. Uh, we're leaving for Africa in a few weeks, but I kind of think we we'll might maybe be able to be here for that launch of two services i just love to see it happen i'm a real proponent of that Uh, we had two services for many 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 years not only two as a matter of fact we had as many as four services on a weekend and we had saturday night we had as many as three sunday services and but we landed on two services for many many years and uh, that was a great blessing And, and it was a growing time The good thing about uh, having multiple services is that, you know, it makes it possible for people to come. Many times some people have to come early to church uh, in order to get to work or whatever in that day. Those kind of pressures are on us in the world we live in, and so different people are afforded the opportunity of an early service and some later. Also, you know, one of the neat things about uh, a couple of services is that Uh, the workers can uh, engage in hearing the word and being part of the worship in a a subsequent service, serve in one and worship in another. And uh, so that's a great advantage. And, of course, this all makes room for people to come in. This is all about growth. It's all about expanding the kingdom. Come on now. It's all about expanding the kingdom, and it's just another way that we can leverage and we can do more for the kingdom of God and grow the church. And I believe that we're all about making Thrive grow, making it flourish. And this, this uh, making Thrive, let's say it together, these wor- this word on the platform. What does that say? Expand. Say it loud. Expand. Turn to somebody and say, we're expanding. And we want to see thrive, grow. We want to grow personally, and we want to grow corporately. As we grow personally, we then grow corporately. And God's kingdom is expanding in the midst of all that is happening. You know, sometimes we react to change. I've been a pastor for many years. I've been... Preaching since, my goodness, I don't even want to say the year. It's a long way back. Turn to somebody and say it was about the time that Noah built his ark. (laughs) That's about how old it appears I'm getting, but it's not that bad. It's actually good. It's getting better all the time. But, you know, a lot of times people, working around people, they, they react to change. They say, why do we have to change? You know, don't want to change. We've always done it this way. They, there's, there's an old saying that was coined many years ago, and, and it goes like this. Uh, the seven last words of a dying church are, we never did it this way before. Seven last words of a dying church, we never did it this way before. And, uh, you know, some churches refuse to change, but uh, as a pastor, I worked to bring constant change so that people could not be comfortable, try to make the nest uncomfortable and be kicking the little eaglets out and causing them to fly and so on, and some, you know, some of the eaglets or other eaglets or eagles are screaming because you know they think they're getting out of a safety and comfort zone and all that kind of thing but you know it's it's good for us to have constant change our bodies when they are growing and being strengthened are always changing and so the body of christ if it's going to grow and expand it's going to be constantly changing It's going to be open to change, and it's going to welcome change. Churches that welcome change are growing churches. Churches that refuse to change are stagnant churches, and they just remain the same, and it's the same old, and there's no change. So welcome the change of two services. Turn to somebody and say that. Welcome the change to two services. It's going to be great. It's really going to be great, and I believe... The church is going to expand its territory through this and um, and you are going to grow more and more. There was a great message last week by Pastor JB on prayer, which is so important to expanding your territory. If you're going to expand, you got to pray. And uh, we've got to be in touch with God, in communication with God, talking to God. And believing God for the miraculous. All of these things are very, very, very important. It's all about expanding our territory. So let's say it one more time expand. Expand. We're going to expand by the grace of God. Lord, we just thank you this morning that you will help us. You will open our ears. And Lord, you will open my mouth to speak those things which are life giving, uh, which bring us into your purposes and your plans for our lives we just give you thanks i thank you for every person here this morning lord every person is loved by you and every person is important there's none that is not important to the plans and the purposes you have for them and for the church and for your work in the earth and so we commit our souls our hearts and our minds to you this morning in jesus name amen whether we're young or old our mindset should be about expansion young or old caleb was 80 years of age when he said give me this mountain say that with me give me this mountain give me this mountain now Mountains can be different things that are difficult, things that are standing before us, things that seem insurmountable. But I believe if we're going to have a Caleb spirit, we're going to have the right kind of spirit, we will look at things that we are confronting in life and we will say, give me that mountain. I want to take that mountain. And I will either tunnel through it, I'll go around it or I'll go over top of it or I'll I'll watch it disappear but I'm going to I'm going to take that mountain because it belongs to me the thought came to me of, of one great person in this world and sooner or later some of us eat his chicken as colonel sanders kfc anybody ever eaten kentucky fried chicken if not you how many of you have driven by the sign there there it is. There's the picture of him, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Colonel Sanders was 65 when he conquered some territory in the food industry. He was 65 when it got rolling for him. At age 5, his father died. When he was 16 years of age, he quit school. By the age of 17, he lost four jobs. Turn to somebody and say, that's not so good. That's not so good. Then at the age 18, he got married. I don't know if that's good or not. (laughs) That's pretty young. Got married. And uh, at 20, his wife left and he took their baby. Then he got his wife back after he became a cook. At 65, he felt like a failure And they tell us that he was very suicidal at the age of 65. He borrowed $87 and started selling fried chicken door to door. Somebody say, wow. We know that the rest is history because he started to expand into business by selling chicken door to door and at the age of 88 he was a billionaire 15 times he had, he was worth 15 billion and today now there are over 6000 outlets of kentucky fried chicken in about 48 countries of the world turn to somebody and say that's not bad not bad at all now I don't know how to put this totally into the Christian realm except that I believe there's a principle there. I believe that he found the directive for his life and he got on track with purpose in his life. And I personally believe that God had a territory for this man to take and he went after it and he expanded in his life, he expanded his thinking, got out of his depression And said, I can do it. And he became an icon in history. Here was a man who was a failure until he was 65 years old. Turn to somebody and say, if you're younger than that, say, I'm younger than 65. Turn to somebody else and say, I can expand. I can expand. Amazing. Now, God's... For Israel was to expand their territory. It was always the call on on the life of God's people. In the Old Testament, with Israel, after they had been delivered from slavery, God said to Moses and then to Joshua, I have a land for you. I have a territory for you to take. I want you to expand your thinking. I want you to expand your lives because I have lots for you to gain. Some of them had a backward look to Egypt. They wanted to go back and die as slaves and just, you know, just eat the garlic and the, the leeks in the land and just have a good time and, and lay back. They wanted, to, they, wanted to, they wanted status quo. But God had promised so much, but yet they had lived with unbelief. They lived with unbelief. God said to them that nothing could stand before them if they believed and they acted in faith. You read about that in Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 1 this morning as well. Some in in, in our deliberations on this subject today. God said to them, believe and go in and possess the land. That was the word from God. Just trust me. And possess the land now I want to say something very strongly here this morning and that is that God has a territory for you to take personally he has a plan for your life and he says I am gonna give you this territory and we're gonna see it's described in different ways you know some people I, I get upset when, when I hear people talk negatively. When people talk about now, they talk about the Vancouver area and Richmond and all this kind of thing. I say, you know, we, 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 can't, we can't have a house here. We can't have land here. Impossible. Who is that talking? Is that God talking? Or is that our unbelief talking? I don't know if some young people here that are taking territory they're taking land just as an example they're saying you know we can do it and somehow they make it happen because they believe it can happen it does happen now i, re- I realize that there are many times we've got to be creative and we've got to have some miracles and we've got to have some unusual things happen in order to for it to happen but you know what it can happen turn turn to somebody and say it can happen it can happen don't say it's impossible somebody's got to live in vancouver come on (laughs) it might as well be you might as well be you take the land take the territory you see god wants to take you beyond where you are now and we need to think in terms of we can do the impossible because with god all things are possible. Turn to somebody and say, all things are possible. You see, God wants to take off the limitations. Say that with me. God wants to take off the limitations. Too often we have limited God in our lives. Even the Word of God says, you have limited the Holy One of Israel in terms of what He could do. You see, Satan Wants to limit you some people are aligned they've aligned and it's it's just just because of, of the pressure and the and and the pressures of the world and how the world wants to squeeze us into its mold the enemy comes and and he wants us to be limited in how we think he wants us to be limited in how we speak and so therefore we're really aligning ourselves with the enemy. Not with God. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have my thinking aligned with with Satan or with the enemy of our souls. I want to have my thinking and my whole being aligned with what God wants for my life. I don't want to have other thoughts. I want to have his thoughts and his ways entrenched in my life. You know, there's a lot even in, our, in the secular world today that... It, is is encouraging people to have a positive way of life rather than a negative way of life. To think right, not to think wrong. There's a secular book that has been written a couple of years ago. It's called Scarcity. And basically the essence of that book is, is that if you want to say that there is no provision and everything is scarce, you know, you know, there's not enough air to breathe, not enough space on this world for everybody to live. You know, it used to be some of the scarcity people were saying, well, there's just not going to be enough room for all the people that are going to be born. Somehow we're going to have to, you know, limit, you know, populations because the earth cannot cons- cannot sustain this many people. And then, of course, some people with a positive outlook have, have done the studies and they say, hey, we can handle way beyond the number of people that we have on this planet. And, and that's, that's a fact. It depends on how we look at life and how we look at things. We can look at as as though everything is scarce and there's not enough. But I want to tell you that there is a God who has more than enough. And there's a God who is more than enough. Can you say amen this morning? If you think scarcity? You will have scarcity. And you can live in that vicious circle you can you can say well there's just not enough money you know there's just not enough money there's always money if we have the right attitude toward it and we have the right management toward money there will always be enough because god as we trust him is the god of plenty and he will provide we don't have to think in terms of scarcity going back to Israel back in the day God gave them promises. I mean, in the Bible we know that there are about there are about 4000 promises. Thereabouts. We got we got promises for every day galore. God said to them, "I have a land for you flowing with milk and honey. I have all the provision you need." And God said to them, one point, in Psalm ch- chapter 2, God said to, to his people, he said, Ask of me, and I will give you. I will give you. Ask of me. Just ask, and I will give you. He said, in that instance, he said, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your habitation. Somebody say, wow. That's quite amazing. Ask of me and I will give you. This is what God's saying to his people. I will give you the nations for your inheritance. See, we have a conquering God. God wants to conquer the nations. He wants to conquer the nations through us as his people. And he wants his glory to be known. He wants a better life to be known. He wants to have people experience the greatness of of his power. And he wants to expand because of that. He wants to expand this into all of the nations. So, expand Expand your territory is, is what God is saying. You know, God has a place for every family. I was always of the belief that because God said to every tribe and every family in the book of Joshua and prior to that in the book of Deuteronomy that, you know, I have a, I have a place for you. And there was an allotment given to all of the tribes of Israel so that they had plenty to prosper on and to succeed. And then even from there, they were to go forth and conquer beyond that as they had what they had to leverage with that. And so there was a place for every family. And, of course, God said in in Joshua, just step in and take over. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, God said to Joshua. So To Joshua God said in Joshua chapter 1, notice this, every place that you put the sole of your feet, I have given to you. Wow. Have you ever thought of that? We're going to discover what that place is a little bit more. I'm going to say just in a moment here that the place is both physical and spiritual. I believe it can be both. Not just one. Some people say, well, it's just spiritual. No, I believe it can be physical. Just step, step into what I have for every place. Say that with me. Every place you put the sole of your feet, I have given you. Over the years, I, uh, I took this literally. We believed that for the purposes of God, as a family, we needed... It was right for us to have land and a home. And uh, in every instance when an opportunity for a property came up and it was, the Lord was leading, I would go on to that property and I said, Lord, I'm putting my feet here. You made a promise to Joshua. And I believe the promise is to me. I believe you will give me this land. I had to pay for it sometimes I got very good deals sometimes I got deals that were a quarter of the going price because of what was happening in the economy and uh, God blessed us with that that kind of thing I remember a number of years ago the city where we were in they were saying we're not giving any more land for churches and there was a re- there was a real mindset in the in the leadership of our community at that time among the city council members that they didn't want to see churches grow and the basic attitude, we have enough churches, we've given out enough land and we're not gonna give away tax-free land to anybody else. And uh, I challenged that. I went and stood on a piece of property in a very prime location that people thought would be absolutely impossible to get because It was on a on two streets right on the corner, very visible, most visible place where most of the people in that city drove by sooner or later. It was just one of those places, and I said, God, I believe this is for us. And I went and I put my feet on that property and I said, Lord, you said, You said over me that when I was ordained to ministry, Joshua chapter one was preached in my ordination to ministry that every place your foot is set on, I'm gonna give that to you. And then I began to talk with city council and some of them almost ridiculed me. They say, we never give that much land to a church. Whatever, I've claimed it. We believe it's coming. Would you know, would you know the whole political thing turned and there was a softening that took place and we got that land we got that land not only that we purchased that land built on that land and then I saw some property I saw seven acres of land only not even a block from where we were also in very 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 uh, strategic place and I believe that God said that we should have that land as well and I went and stood on that property said God every place you said every place that the sole of your feet treads on I have given to you and would you know that property went up for bids and when the time came for the group that was gonna let that property go to open all the bids I was standing at the door with my administrator and there was no one else there. Ours was the only bid. That was it. God gave it to us. God actually gave it to us. And I'm a strong believer if we can discover the will of God and what God is saying. I realize this is, this is not something we do lightly. We understand the purposes of God and we're serving God to expand his kingdom and all those things in everything we do and we're asking according to his will and so on we're putting our feet there because we believe God will be glorified if we have government over that particular land or whatever the case might be I believe that God will honor us and he will he will do what he said to Joshua, every place that you put your feet on, I'm given to you. As God had said in advance, he said, I want you to take this area. And then he said to Joshua, but you've got to go in. And you've got to put your feet there. You've got to start moving. You've got to, you've got to make the move. You've got to be serious about this. And you've got to claim this for my glory and for my honor, says the Lord. I believe we, we should put our feet on property. I believe we should put our feet, as it were, into ministry areas. There are areas where different voices other than the voice of God is being heard And I believe in these days, we need to raise our voices in areas of education. We need to influence business. And we need to start putting our feet into those areas and say, God, we're coming to bring about change and influence into these areas. In some instances, it needs to be political areas where we say, we're walking in there and we're going to start serving and we're going to start changing things From the inside out, because we're in there, our feet are there, and we're influencing, and we're going to make a difference in our city. We're going to make a difference in our province. We're going to make a difference in our nation, and we will even make a difference in the nations of the world because we are daring to put the sole of our feet into that area, and we're going to start to have influence. Can you say amen this morning? See, These things are possible. If we will just believe you know we can I believe we can go so far in some instances as as to put our hand on a map and say God we're gonna take this territory for you and we're gonna work to that end we'll raise up the people it might take years till we really get in there and have the the full influence but by the grace of God little by little line upon line, here a little, there a little, we're going to make a change, and we're going to take that land. We're going to take that territory. Maybe I can describe it like this. Territory promised by God, number one, can be physical blessings, can be land, can be education, can be business, can be management. It can be things that you and your family need to accomplish to fulfill the plan of God. It can be a house. It can be a condo. It can be a property. It can be a warehouse. It can be an office. It can be a hospital. A good friend of ours that we've known for many years in their ministry in Phoenix, Arizona, they believed that God wanted to to start a dream center. Some of you maybe know about that with the Barnett's dream center in Los Angeles. And guess what they claimed? They claimed an old hospital, an old Catholic hospital, and guess what happened? They got that entire hospital for the glory of God, and now it's a rehabilitation center. It's a ministry center that impacts thousands of people, has impacted thousands of people. More than that, they also got a church, Old Angeles Temple, which seats 6,000 people. You say, well, that's impossible. Downtown Los Angeles, that's expensive property. Would you know that property was given to them for the glory of God because they dared to put their feet down there and said, we're going to do something for God. Nothing was happening there. Things were dying spiritually. There was no leadership, no motivation, but they got it. You see, God can give you a hospital if you need a hospital. Come on now. God can give you a warehouse if you need a warehouse, if you choose to glorify God in that ministry. So there's, there's all of these natural, these physical blessings that, that God wants to give to you for His glory and for His honor. God may want to give your family certain things to, to accomplish the plans that he has for your family. It may be a generational plan, but he wants to give it to you. He wants it to be yours to manage and to bring glory to God through. Then there are spiritual blessings. The Bible tells us that all spiritual blessings in heavenly places are given to us through Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 1. Spiritual blessings are are, are are about that kind of thing. It's about anointing, it's about the presence of God, it's about the forgiveness of God, it's about the Great Commission, it's about favor, it's about abundance in all things, it's about an overflowing life. You see, this is the kind of land or territory that God wants you and I to take. Some people say, Well, you know, I wouldn't want to be a millionaire. That's the question, why not? Some of you are really getting quiet and scared now when I say that. Why not? Who wouldn't? Which of you wouldn't want? Raise your hand now. Which of you wouldn't want to give away $10 million? <laughs> if God gave you $20 million or whatever, wouldn't it be nice to just give away? ten? We, we met somebody here. We're in the United States here just a couple of weeks ago. We met somebody. And I started reading his life story. He's quite quite well-known person in that part of the United States. And uh, he said, I always had a dream to give away a million dollars. This is a ministry. I mean, this guy's a pastor. I wanted to give away a million dollars. So I was talking to God and said, you know, I wanted to give away a million dollars. And then God said, look at your records. And he looked at the records from years past and he had actually given a million dollars away. Isn't that good news? I knew, I knew a man from w- in the area where we grew up, and he challenged my life. In the l- latter years of his life, he actually came and resided in, in our city and, and was part of our church in his last days, and I conducted part of his funeral and, and so on, and I remember back, way back in the 60s. Somebody say 60s. Some of you, you can't even count that far back. But he was an amazing businessman in a small town. And uh, in the day, he had this dream. He said, one day, God is going to allow me to give away $50,000. That was his dream. He believed that's what God wanted him to do. And he said he was in a meeting in Dallas, Texas in a church And the Holy Spirit spoke to you, and he says, the day is going to come when you're going to be able to do that. And I just happened to be around the situation when this happened where he wrote a check for $50,000 to a ministry. He was giving much more way beyond that, but he was able at one time give away $50,000. And back in the 60s, I mean, wages were $100 a month. Come on now. So you, you 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 multiply that times uh, times about forty on so forty or fifty on the average. So, so fifty thousand times fifty is how much? Two hundred fifty thousand. That's good math, right? Not a bad gift, not a bad offering. You see, God can expand our territories into into. All kinds of things that we might not even dream of. But if we'll just trust him and believe, he'll do bigger things through us than we think could ever happen now. I really believe that. So, I don't know about you. I don't want to be poor. Now Jesus became poor that we might become rich. There is that... The place in our lives, a lot of times we we empty ourselves of all of our resources to the point where we become poor so that others might become rich like Jesus. But you know what God does in that kind of instance? His promise is in the Word of God. He says, if you've left houses and lands for for my sake in the gospel, children, parents, all that kind of stuff, he says, I'll multiply it back to you. See, God is a good God. And he's a God who I believe wants to add. And he wants us to take more and more territory for his glory. Not for ourselves, but for his glory. Can you say amen? Turn to somebody and say, it's all about his glory. You see, he owns it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, a thousand is in, in the Bible is infinity. It is, it, it is beyond in our natural thinking, and God owns it all. It blows our mind what he owns. If you, or better, when you get rich, make it your practice to empty yourself. Like one person said, it's said of one person, he lived full and he died empty. What a way to live. Allotting property in the promised land God had an allotment every family every tribe had land allotted to them but they had to fight for it they had to dispossess the enemy the enemy was squatting on their property and they had to go in and say get out of here we're coming we're possessing the land they could have left peaceably and say yeah we realize it's your land we're squatting here or some instances, they had to drive them out. Many, I'm sure some of you have been in different parts of the world where where uh, people squat on property. They, they're just there. They, they don't pay for it. They just start taking up areas of land. Sandra and I will be going to South Africa in just a matter of days. And on the perimeter of Johannesburg are many thousands of people that come are press, trying to press into the city to, to find hope in the big city. But they, they squat on the perimeter of Johannesburg by the thousands. Many thousands of people are, are, are on the edge of Johannesburg, hoping that one day they'll get a job, life will be better for them, they can move, edge their way in and make their way into the city. But they're just squatting there. It's really not their property. I, uh, I recall my first uh, example of seeing that was in Mexico. As a matter of fact, we were in Mexico after the really bad earthquake in 1985, I think it was. And out of Mexico City's drive toward Puebla area, you'll find that there's a whole zone I think they have something like 60,000 people that live there, and they're all squatters. And they got little extension cords hooked up to the, tele, uh, to the power lines, and they got power into their place, stealing from the government, and they're squatting on the land. And, uh, and of course, the government didn't, hasn't known what to do with all of that, and so they've just kind of left it, and they just, uh, they're just leeching off of the government and off of the power and so on. And uh, it's not their land. They're squatters. And rightfully, they should be kicked out of there and they should say, go get your own possessions. Buy your own land someplace. And make it happen. But you don't want to have that happening. By the way, it's sad what happened in Mexico, Mexico City. They're praying, and I trust you're praying for them these days after the earthquake and all, all the shakeup there. But every every family and every tribe had land allotted to them. You see, Satan is a squatter. Hello? There are spiritual areas that you need to be moving into. There are physical areas that Satan is saying, it's mine. And you need to be saying, no, it's not yours. It's mine. Get out in the name of Jesus. Sometimes, Sometimes people are tormented by the enemy. And with the authority of Jesus Christ, we move in and we cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And we set people free. Can you say amen? So take your territory. I'm going to conclude with this this morning. Take your territory. Talk and pray the promises of God. Talk and pray the promises of God. That's how you start to take your territory. You, st- you change your, the way you approach things. Number two, believe. Think of God as being El Shaddai, as the one who is more than enough to deal with this so that you can take your territory. You have a God who is more than enough. Can you say that with me? We have a God who is more than enough, okay? Number three. Go for all that God has. Not just a part of it. Go for all that He has. Dare to step out spiritually and naturally and go for everything that God has. Number four, do whatever it takes to cooperate with God. Whatever God is asking you to cooperate with Him in Just say, God, I'm with you, and I'll obey you, and I'll do that. And together we're going to conquer the land. We're going to take the territory that God has for us. We're going to expand, and we're going to be in agreement with you. We're going to expand into all that you have for us by cooperating with God and what he is saying. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to cooperate with God. In 2 Kings chapter 2, chapter 13, I should say, verses 18 to 19, there was an encounter with with the prophet of the Lord, with someone, and they shot this arrow out of the window, and it was the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And then there were a number of arrows that the person was challenged to take and to strike on the ground. And this person, rather than take all of the arrows and strike them onto the ground, he took three arrows and he stopped. And the prophet was very upset with this, with this person because he said, if you had taken all of the arrows, then I would have given you all of the nations. In other words, this person was not obedient and they were, they were not with it, and they were not extending themselves. They, they were not passionate in what they were about to do, and therefore they lost out in their inheritance. It's quite a story. So number five, wholly follow the Lord in everything you do. Keep your eyes on Jesus, number six. Number seven, help others get what God has planned. You know, the word to Israel was when they were going into the land, there were two and a half tribes that got their inheritance on this side of the Jordan River. And they thought, well, we've arrived, we're good, we've got our houses, we've got our lands, we've got our property, you know, everything's productive now, so we can just lay back. And the word came from Joshua, no, you don't rest until your brothers and sisters have their inheritance. In other words, you fight with them until they get what is promised to them. And I believe that's how how Thrive will become a very powerful force for God when you fight for one another. Can you say amen? and you help each other, we're helping each other come into all that God has planned for our lives. Number eight, do do all God and your leaders would have you to do. Joshua chapter 1, verse 16, all you command us, we will do, and where you send us, we will go. That's gotta be the mindset of, of, of a church that's going to expand. When the leadership believes they've heard from God, corporate leadership, your pastors, your leaders, your small group leaders, they say, you know, we believe that God is confirming with us. This is what we should do. This is where, This is another area we should put our feet on. This is another piece of territory we should take. This is how we should uh, function in the church. This is how we should grow. I believe it's important for everybody to have this kind of response, that all you command us, we will do. And where you send us, we will go. I've been around the church for long enough to know that when you have people functioning like that together with the leadership of the church, you're going to have a powerful church, and the church will expand. It will expand. It it cannot help but grow. I mean, you're doing the stuff that's making the church grow. You're hearing from God, and you're saying, leadership, whatever you say in the will of God that we should be doing, we're going to do it. And even if it's difficult, even, even if we're... We're, you know, in the face of opposition, we're going to do this thing, and we're going to see the church grow. And, of course, you know, there's another part to that. I thought, this is really amazing. I was reading that chapter this week. Whoever does not obey, well, they were strong back in the Put them to death. Whoa, man. <laughs> That's strong. In other words, don't let people who are opposing the dream or the vision of God don't let that attitude live on put that attitude to death so that you can go forward and take all that god has planned can you say amen we're not a we're not about killing people but we're about killing attitudes killing mindsets that are wrong come on now and i believe that 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 must stop we do not we don't want death but we do will not miss what god has planned therefore Whoever stops that cannot continue to function to withhold the purposes of God. I know that's a strong word, but, you know, it's in the Bible, and it's very, very, very important, very important that we have that. We're going to do this. We're going to do the will of God, and the leaders are saying this is what we must do. I mean, let's face it, we are in a war, and in a war, you must have commanders. You must have those who lead, and and you must have those that will confront with strength. And we need all the people we can get to confront with strength those things that would oppose the purposes of God. Can you say amen? Number nine, follow the presence of God above all. Always looking for God's presence in everything that we do. God, we need your presence. We want your presence. We want to follow you in everything we're doing. Number 10, enter into the fullness of blessing and a land of sweetness and blessings. The lands that they were to enter in was flowing with milk and honey. It was a land of prosperity and blessing. And that's what God wants to give. God wants to give a land of prosperity and blessing to you personally. He wants to give that to thrive so that you will, in the grace of God, by the power of God, by the presence of God, you will expand into all that God has planned for your lives. Your territory is God's dream for your life. Let God expand you into all that he has planned. Ah, he's got good plans for you. He's got great plans. Turn to somebody and say, God has great plans for us. God has great plans for us. The best plans. Beyond our wildest dreams, God wants to give us so many good things. He wants to give us that land flowing with milk and with honey. In every place that you put your feet, God said, I'm giving it to you. If you'll dare to step out. It means stepping out. It means striking all of the arrows, not just some of them. It means that, that diligent spirit, that, 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 that pressing in at times. But together, we're going we're gonna to expand into all that God has planned. I'm going to ask the musicians to come this morning. They're going to lead us in worship. You might be here this morning, and you've never, never given your life to Jesus Most important thing that you can do in your life to come into all that God has planned for your life is is to say, Jesus, I want you to be be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior. Some of you might be in real trouble in your life. You, You can't even think expansion. With you, it's just survival. If I could just survive another day, maybe you're under depression. In your life Maybe you're experiencing financial pressures That are way beyond you Or family pressures Relationship pressures Or who knows what you might be facing But it's, it's pressure And you can't even think expansion You need a savior You need somebody to deliver you Out of your situation Jesus is our savior The Bible says if we will confess The Lord Jesus with our mouth Our heart that God raised him from the dead that we'll be saved, we'll be born again, and we'll have a new start, a new life. If you're here this morning, I would like you to just say this prayer quietly, but just say this prayer, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need a Savior. I need deliverance. I want purpose in my life. I know that you have more for me than I ever thought before. And I want to step into that. And I want to start on the road to these great plans by having you as my Savior